Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. And maybe they thought, let's take our eyes off of this and put our attention on him. Does that make sense? Because a lot of us can get tied up just like this man thinking, how can I have a fresh move of God in my life? How can my ministry grow? How can I grow in business? How can I grow in finances? How can I grow in marriage when I don't have anybody to help me? How can I get this started when I don't have anybody to help me? There's a whole lot of people that's just crying out, God, send me somebody to help me. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to another Bible study adventure right here at Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center. We're going to have a dynamic time in the Word of God, and I am so excited that you decided to join in tonight. We've been in a series entitled The Miracle Man. Jesus is the miracle man, and we are excited about Jesus. I'm excited about him, and I know that you are too. Well, this is part number three in this series. Remember, we've been looking at miracles of Jesus in the book of John. The first miracle we found there was that when Jesus turned water into wine at the, at the wedding in Cana of Galilee. The second miracle is when Jesus healed the nobleman's son. Awesome stuff. And today we're going to go into the book of John, the fifth chapter, and we're going to talk about uh, what happened at the pool of Bethesda. We're going to subtitle this tonight, Stuck, Stuck, and you'll get that as we go further on down. But before we get into the message, I want to remind you to go to our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear tonight's message or today's message and the entire series. So check it out today. There are podcasts there. There's just a lot to do on our website, and it's all there for you. We really do appreciate you taking the time out to view and to listen, and we want to make sure that you are thoroughly blessed. Now, while you're on the website, make sure you click two very important buttons. One, make sure you click the contact button and leave us your prayer request. We want to pray with you. Please let us pray with you and uh, put us a little note down there about where you're from. We'd love to hear what country or state that, that you're in right now. That just encourages us. And while you're on the website as well, just click the Give button if you would like to give into the ministry. A little bit goes a long way. And as we say here, as you give, when people give, people live. Amen. So God bless you and thank you so much for partnering with us. Hallelujah. All right, let's get into part number three uh, of this series entitled uh, The Miracle Man. And tonight's message is subtitled Stuck. We're going to get unstuck tonight. And I'm thankful for our hero, Jesus. All right, so let's go ahead and read John, the fifth chapter. And I'm going to read verses one all the way down. And I think that we will get down to, well, we'll know when, once we get there. How about that? All right, so let's go. Let's go ahead and start. Are you praying with me tonight? Thank the Lord for you. All right, let's go. After this, there was a feast of the Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, 
a blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. When Jesus saw him lie, and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man, when the water is troubled, to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, and took up his bed, and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said unto him that was cured, It is a Sabbath day. It is not lawful for thee to carry thy bed. He answered them, He that made me whole, the same said unto me, Take up thy bed, and walk. Then asked they him, what man is that which said unto thee, Take up thy bed and walk? And he that was healed wist not who it was. For Jesus had conveyed himself away, a multitude being in that place. Afterward Jesus findeth him in the temple, and said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon thee. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus which had made him whole. And therefore did the Jews persecute Jesus and sought to slay him, for he had done these things on the Sabbath day. But Jesus answered them, My father worketh hitherto, and I work. Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him, because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but said also that God was his Father, making him equal with God. Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, The Son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the Father do. For what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. Oh, that is wonderful. That is wonderful. So, we see here a wonderful picture. Now, I read all of that to get a few things uh, in your hearing so that you would really so that you would get the, uh, the really the point of the whole thing. This man was stuck at the pool of Bethesda, but not only him, there were a whole lot of other people also stuck at the pool of Bethesda. Now, we know why they're stuck there, and we're going to really go line by line in a lot of this, but let me just give you a brief overview of some things that are really on my heart right now. So, he's stuck. He's been there for 38 years, waiting on this water to be troubled. The Bible says at a certain time, in verse number four, an angel of the Lord, an angel came down. Let's look at verse four again. It says, for an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in, was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. So 
it doesn't say that an, an angel of the Lord, it says an angel went down and did this. Now there's a whole lot of controversy about number four, about verse four, because some translations do not include verse four. You see this and uh, you look in some translations and it goes from verse three to five. They don't include it. But here in the King James it's included. And I believe it's included because it should be included because it gives us more information about why these people are there. Now, take a moment and let's grab the scene. Let's just see the scene. We see a great pool and the pool has these five alcoves around it, right? And there are people that are lame, they, they can't walk or uh, blind and those that are paralyzed. And they're all sitting around this pool because they believe that an angel, we're gonna say from the Lord right now, would come down and trouble the water and really move the water. There were some ripples in the water. And it was believed that the first person down in the water to get in the water and touch the water would be made whole immediately. So what we see here, and I like to call this, my God help us, an ungodly competition of who is going to get healed first. Who's gonna get healed first? So you have a lot of people, here again, that one is blind and he has somebody to help him. Remember this uh, man that's been uh, in this condition for 38 years, he told Jesus, I don't have anybody to help me get in the pool. So that would tell me that others, the others that are around the pool had somebody to help them, maybe family members or maybe friends. And they're all sitting here at the edge of this pool, waiting for something to happen. They're all stuck right there. Now, this is one thing, this is one reason why I say that possibly, maybe there, this was an angel of the Lord. Maybe this was something that God did do at one point. And maybe these people are all sitting around waiting on God to do it again. They're all stuck in a method something that God did once and they're hoping he's going to do it again. And so day in and day out, they come to this pool. Maybe they leave and go get something to eat. Maybe they leave and go back home and they sleep, but they're coming back day after day, sitting, looking at this water, hoping that God would move, hoping that something is going to happen. But not only hoping that the water is going to move, they're hoping that they'll be the first ones to get into the water. It seems like a cruel joke. Think about the scene. There's somebody over there that's blind and somebody says, come on, the water's moving. Somebody is seeing for him. Come on, get up, get up, get up. Let's go, let's go, let's go. And they got someone else that is paralyzed over there. Someone picks him up on some, on some type of stretcher or, or mat and they try to run him down into the water. And someone else that is crippled over there. Maybe he has his crutches or walking on a stick. Somebody's helping him. And it seems like, it seems like an extremely cruel joke. Like someone has said, hey, if you see a ripple in the water, that might be God. Isn't that something? If you see something happen in the water, that might be God, so run! Can you imagine the scene? A blind, lame, crippled people, of people paralyzed, 
trying their best to get into the water. And then you have this man here who's been there for 38 years. He tells Jesus, when Jesus asks him, do you want to be made whole? He says, how can I? How can I? And he seems like he's uh, speaking out of, out of frustration, out of aggravation. How can I get healed? What do you mean do I want to be healed, Jesus? Of course I want to be made healed. Of course I want to be made whole. Of course I want to get well. Of course I do. But I don't have anybody to help me like they do. How can I do it? Because every time the water is troubled, when I finally get down there, and so obviously we know he's, he's not paralyzed, at least not 100%, and he can see, but there's obviously some type of infirmity here. Uh, maybe he's extremely lame, so he has some way of traveling into the water, but not as fast as others are. And so can you see him there? Disappointment after disappointment after disappointment. He's waiting on a change. He is stuck. He is stuck. So again, maybe this was of God at one point but I can't see it now. You have a whole group of people there that are stuck waiting on a move of God. They're waiting on the troubling of this water. You see them, they're hot and they're, they're tired. They've all been dis disappointed a time or two, or if not more. And who else is around that pool? Well, we have also the religious leaders that are around that pool. Well, you have to have someone to steward the move of God, right? To help control what's going on here. How do we know that they are there? Because once the man is healed and takes up his bed, who is the first one that confronts him? The first one. Well, it's the religious leaders that tell him, hey, you're not supposed to carry your bed on the Sabbath day. That's work. And the man said, hey, I don't, the man who told me to pick up my bed, man who cured me is the one who told me to do it. Well, listen, you know, the speed at which they told him that, the speed at which tells me that they were there around that area, they were there possibly maybe to assist, I would like to say, to assist those that were there at the pool, but none of them recognized who Jesus was. And that's the, that's the problem. That's the problem. And, and let me take this just for a moment on into our modern day culture here. That's the problem when we get caught up in things that God used to do or things that God did. And I can see churches full of people just waiting on something to happen, waiting on God to move in some way that he did a long time ago. They're waiting on God to move through this method. Now, this was, was only one method. Maybe God did this, but this was only one way of healing. When Jesus came in and he healed the man at the pool of Bethesda. He didn't lay hands on him. He didn't sprinkle water on him. He didn't spit on him, make a spittle of clay, you know, dirt and put it on him. He didn't do any of that. He just said, rise, take up your bed and walk. Once again, he sent his word and healed this man. Immediately, the Bible says this man was healed. Now, what did that tell everybody else around here? That told them around there, that told them, hey, God is able to heal in more than just one way. God is moving among us. And maybe they thought, let's take our eyes off of this 
and put our attention on him. Does that make sense? Because a lot of us can get tied up just like this man thinking, how can I have a fresh move of God in my life? How can my ministry grow? How can I grow in business? How can I grow in finances? How can I grow in marriage when I don't have anybody to help me? How can I get this started when I don't have anybody to help me? There's a whole lot of people that's just crying out, God, send me somebody to help me. And that's what this man did because that's what he saw. This must be the way to do it. God, send somebody to help me. When he only needed one man, that was the man Jesus. Take your eyes off of the method and put your eyes on God. Take your eyes off of what he's done and look at him. Well, the people of God get stuck in methods. Let me show you. Here's another thing that we can see. Let me show you this. Uh, let's go to the book of 1 Kings or rather 2 Kings. 2 Kings. And let me show you how once again, how the people of God were trapped or stuck in a method, hoping that God would do this again. Now, there's so much more to this that we won't be able to get to today, but I want you to hear my heart today. I believe this is the word of the Lord to you because we may think that we need this or that, or if we, if we need that person, or if we need that loan. If we, we've seen how others have been successful. That's what this man did here for 38 years, for 30 Get that. For 38 years, he's been faithful to come. For 38 years, he saw people maybe get healed or get the appearance of healing. For 38 years, people have stepped down in front of him. For 38 years, just when he thought it was his time, someone else stepped in front of him. Can you imagine that over the years? I can probably see why he said to Jesus, what do you mean? I don't want, what, what do you mean? To, do I want to be made whole? Of course I do, but I don't have anybody to help me. That's what I've been looking at for 38 years. Whew. Can you imagine that? Jesus doesn't, doesn't uh, receive the invitation to his pity party. He just says, rise, take up your bed and walk. But let me show you another example of how we can get stuck in a method. We can get camped out. We camp out in a method and look to it without looking to God. Let's look at 2 Kings, the 18th chapter. 2 Kings 18, verses 3 through 5. This is what it says here. Verse 3 says, the he here is talking about King Hezekiah. You'll see that. Verse 3 says, this is 2 Kings 18, 3 through 5. Of the New Living Translation, it says, he did what was pleasing in the, in the Lord's sight, just as his ancestor David had done. He removed the pagan shrines. Listen, this is what he King Hezekiah did. He removed the pagan shrines. Now, these were things that the people of God were worshiping. He removed the pagan shrines, smashed the sacred pillars, cut down the astral poles. He broke up the bronze serpent that Moses had made. Why? Because the people of Israel had been offering sacrifices to it. The bronze serpent was called Nehazen, Nehastin, I believe. So grab a hold of that. Surely, remember the bronze serpent was used by Moses. The Lord told Moses, the Lord told Moses, 
to make a bronze serpent and put it on a pole. This is when Israel were, were, they were out in the wilderness and they were getting bit, snake bitten, and people were dying, dying by the thousands because of sin that they had committed. They allowed the enemy to come in through their own sin. They opened the door. Snakes came in. God said to stop this, Moses, again, get this pole, make a, a, get bronze, bronze material, and make it look like a serpent and stick it on a pole. Everybody that looks at this bronze serpent will be healed, will be healed immediately. And what happened? They looked and they lived. They were immediately healed. So what happened to that artifact? Well, they kept it. And what's happening to it now? Now they're beginning to worship it. Something that God did use. Yes, absolutely. God used it. It was there, but that was something he did. And now the people of God are stuck. They're worshiping, they're burning incense to it and not to him. So this thing had become an object of worship. It actually led the people of God away. They were stuck. And so King Hezekiah came in and he destroyed all the pagan idols and all this and that. He tore all that down and he dealt with this too because it was causing the people not to look at God, but to look at this. And so we, so we see here, uh, here in um, John the fifth chapter, here are the people, they were stuck. If this was a bona fide move of God, let's just say that it is. If God did this at one point, it was for them to know that he has the power to heal them and not to get stuck right here expecting God to do this again. Now, they expected it so much. Their focus was so much on the pool. When God walked up, they didn't recognize him. <laughs> Isn't that something? You expect God to do this and you're looking here with laser beam focused for him. And we don't recognize he's coming. He's standing right here. Again, don't let something take your, take your focus from him. I've seen people, well-meaning people, bless them. I've seen them pray to statues, talk to statues of Jesus. They're talking to a statue. Jesus is not in that statue. He could be right there with you, but they're talking to a statue. It's just like if you give somebody a picture of you and you come into the room and they pick up your picture and they begin to talk to your picture and you're standing right there. Why would we do that? I understand what people are doing very, very well meaning or they'll pick up a cross or a crucifix and talk to it. They will kiss the cross, the crucifix, thinking that they're showing attention and affection to him. The Lord is not on the cross anymore. And I know that may offend some people, but understand something. Don't get locked up in, locked up in what he did. Don't get stuck in what he did. Understand who he is, who he is. We'll never deny the cross of Christ. That is how Jesus saved us, healed us and delivers us. But he's not upon the cross anymore. He is alive. He is risen from the dead and he's alive forevermore. The cross is forever our symbol, our symbol of repentance. It's our symbol of salvation. It is a constant reminder of what Jesus did. But don't pray to the reminder. Pray to him because Jesus is alive and very well. 
Well, as you see, our time is gone today. We didn't get to half of this. Maybe we'll pick this up on next time and talk about being stuck, how to get unstuck, part two. So we'll come back to this on next time. Remember that you can go to our website at kingdomrock.org. There you can hear today's message and the entire series. So check it out. Remember until, ne until next time, remember Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today, only he can make a way. And I'll just say at the end of this one, don't accept a substitute, accept the real thing, the real one, Jesus. He's there with you now and he loves you. Choose him as your Lord today, only he can make a way. I'll see you on the next time. All right, bye-bye. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.